the blast from our past network. Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim. This week, we are covering Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker, the final movie in our Star Wars franchise walkthrough. With me is co-host Dean. Dean, I can't believe we're actually at the final movie in this walkthrough. This this is this blows my mind. We just started. We started three days ago. I know. That's what it feels like. It feels like we just started. I can't believe we're out of the way at the end and there's no more movies. Um, it, it's pretty sad. I got a little sad at the end when the credits started to roll on this one. I was like, that's it. There's no more of these that we're going to get to talk about. But then I remembered I still hadn't talked about it yet. So I still have that. I still have this moment, Tim, right now where I can still live in on the high of Star Wars. Um, so I'm going to do that. I'm going to do my, my best job at that. Exactly, Dean. Uh, we're not going to get teary-eyed just yet because we haven't done the movie yet. Yeah, right? exactly. We can save yeah. we can save all our crying and hugs for the franchise wrap-up, which will exactly. drop next month. Yeah, right? That's exactly. where we can cry. That's where we can sob. Yeah. But today, it's about this movie. All yeah. right? And we got to do this movie right. For sure. All right. This was my third time watching it. And unfortunately, I think I like it less and less each time. So I'm sorry to yeah. come out of the gate with that, but I'm just being no, honest. No, no, yeah. Yeah. No, that's good because um, this is my third time watching it. I saw it uh, in the theaters and then I did not like it at all. And then I so I saw it in the theaters again like a week later because I'm like, I would like to like this movie. So, you know, now I know what it's about and I'm going to go in there, you know, with the, without that baggage and I'm going to watch it. I liked it a little bit more, very small amount more, very small amount more. Um, and so then I hadn't watched it again until uh, watching it for this podcast. And this time I liked it even a little bit more. So, it so is, we're for me, it's going, we're opposite. For me, it's going up because it started so low. Okay. I think we're probably meeting. We're probably meeting right in the middle here. <laughs> but uh, it started very low for me and it's starting to go up a bit. 
um, because there are things I'm now able to just be like, okay, not going to really pay attention to like those things that I don't like. I know I don't like them. So, you know, that's just what it is in the movie. Now I'm going to try to find out, uh, so, you know, look at some of the things that I do like. And uh, there is there is uh, a lot of things in the movie that I do end up liking when we get to the end. Right. For me, as the initial joy of seeing the Emperor come back started to fade and I was yeah. forced to sit with some of the uh, other decisions they decided to make in this movie. That's yeah. what hurt a bit for me. Yeah, uh, for sure. I, I do think it's a, a very appropriate entry into the franchise because I think the movie is perfectly balanced. It's e equally great and awful. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, that's a good call. I, I think there's a... Uh... If we're talking about runtime, like if we're talking about minutes, there's probably, I think this thing's like two and a half hours. There's probably an hour and 15 minutes that are awful. <laughs> and there's yeah. probably an hour and 15 minutes that are okay. <laughs> it's a solid mix. Yeah. Yeah, it's a solid mix. Yeah. Well, the feedback that I've mostly heard about this movie is that people consider it uh, to be the worst in the sequel trilogy. So yeah. Um, you say yeah. I'm not saying yeah. anything. I'm gonna say we'll wait to the the ratings. Yeah. Um. Actually, no. I'm just gonna say I don't think it is. Not for, okay. Not for yeah. this guy. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. This guy. This guy's. It's got the emperor in it. I couldn't I know, possibly Tim. rate it at the bottom. It's got the emperor in it. I know. I know you love the emperor. It's a that's a. Flaw that's a of me. That's a, <laughs> the fatal flaw of you is you love the Emperor. I think that's the fatal flaw of this movie. So hey. um, if you like the Emperor in it, then, you know, then that's it's going to be hard for that to bring bring it too far down for you. Guess who's striking down the Emperor and taking his place when the Emperor asks so nicely all the time? Me. You. Me. I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, of course, dude. Whatever course. you want. I'll, I'll, I'll cut you down. Take your throne. Is that what you want? Yeah. Sure. Oh, that's going to keep the Sith going for another thousand years? Great. Cool. 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 You just tell me how you want this to go. I, I will do it yeah. for you. You want me to strike you down? You got it, man. You got it. Got any recommendations for an apprentice? <laughs> Hit me up. How do you? Yeah. Before I strike you down, how do you run things? How do you manage <laughs> do you it do all? This? Give me some tips. <laughs> how do you make your uh, fingertips tingle with lightning like that? <laughs> yeah. You got to teach me that lightning thing. Yeah. Well, Dean, I wanted to get to something that we missed on our last episode because we were okay. having too much fun. Okay. And yeah. Adam was, frankly, Adam was yelling too much. <laughs> he yelled a lot. <laughs> he yelled a lot in that episode. We, I feel bad for this, but we missed the opportunity to activate the limb counter. Oh, shit. Yeah. Wow. That's my bad. I take full responsibility for that. Uh, and this is actually a tough one to see, but when Kylo cuts Snoke in half, one of his hands is cut off at the same time. So I'm going to count that, which will activate us up to 14 limbs. Hell yeah. And with no other limbs lost in this entire sequel trilogy, our counter is maxed out. Okay. Wow. 14. Um. I, I, that's a lot. That's a lot, but 13 of those came in the first two trilogies. So right. I'm going to say that that was a big miss for this trilogy is they didn't take the limbs into consideration. 
clearly it was a big deal in the first two trilogies. And then this trilogy is like, we're not going to do that. But I, I think you're kind of missing on what Star Wars fans love in these movies if you miss out on the limbs and the limb, the limb counter. Yeah, that is that is very interesting, Tim, because uh, I know these movies, the sequel trilogy is trying to find the magic of Star Wars, trying to bring it back. They're like, what is the magic of Star Wars? How do we create recreate that magic? I think it's the limbs, Tim. I, they don't have any limbs. They have one limb cut off. I think it must be the limbs. That's the magic of Star Wars. I mean, I think it's part of it. I, I think it's a definitely it's one example of how they did miss out on the magic in the sequel trilogy. There's little yeah. things like that, that there's a lot of like, I don't know, there's, there's a lot of nostalgia that goes into stuff like that. Um, and I, I think they missed out on a lot of other small things like that. Um, and I understand they were trying to change it. They were trying to change it for the new generation. So that's fine. But for me, I don't know. Give me some, cut some, cut some fucking limbs off. How about that? Cut some limbs cut off. Cut some limbs yeah. off. Is it the so one in hard this... to ask for? limbs being no, cut off? No, it, Tim, it's very easy. It's very easy to cut off limbs. Um, the, the, the one in this trilogy, the only one in this trilogy is so weak that we forgot it. We forgot to even mention it. We forgot to mention it and it's hard to even yeah. see. It's hard to even because see. He's, so it's getting not his, good. he's getting his torso cut in half at the same time. So it's yeah, overshadowed. Not a good job. No, terrible job. Yeah. There should be so many limbs missing from so many characters in this movie. So many characters die in this like sequel trilogy cut some limbs off before you kill them come on definitely i mean i could i could just start listing off characters who needed limbs cut off yeah just like tim han solo arm arm then stab him like let's get, let's get some arms off that guy sure yeah cut an arm off then kill him yeah yeah i mean kylo you gotta cut kylo's hand off at one point how how could you not how could you not well he's got that hilt that's one way you yeah, couldn't. True. But he's he does hey he does some serious blocking with that thing in this uh, in this movie. He did block with the hilt in this one. I noticed he it. Did, and yeah. I appreciated it a lot. I appreciated it. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's why he didn't get his hand cut off. But then yeah. Hey. True. Hey. How about Ray? Cut her hand off. Yeah. Or or leg something. Well, not a leg, but that that's yeah, probably she could be missing a leg too much. I don't know. Cut her cut her hand off. Hey, you know who's been around for a long time and hasn't suffered a lot of damage. Chewy, Chewbacca, Chewy. cut that guy's hand off. Cut hit, yeah. Come on, cut that guy's arm off. He only cut needs one good off. hand to shoot his bow. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Maz, cut her head off. <laughs> yeah, is that a limb? I can't remember if we counted a head as a limb. <laughs> I, think I don't think so. No, I don't think we were. No, I don't think so. Okay, yeah, that's fine. I don't need to add it to the counter. Just cut her head off. Yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. That's that sounded aggressive. That's harsh, Tim. That's harsh. I didn't mean you it. You don't love the character of Maz Kanata? <laughs> well, the character that's utilized so, much, so well in the last movie and this movie. So much to love about her, isn't there? So much to love. All right. Well, released in 2019 with a budget of $275 million, this film grosses the least amount out of the sequel trilogy with just over a billion dollars. Oh no. no! I know I would be happy with that, but Disney. <laughs> oh no! Not just happy. over a billion. <laughs> yeah, they only got a shut it down. <laughs> shut down the program. It was just over a billion. They only earned a measly one billion dollars. Yeah, tears, Dean. The same type of tears that are going to be rolling down our eyes in the franchise wrap up. Those are the yeah. tears of the producers of this movie <laughs> when they saw a billion dollars. The pain. 
<laughs> the pain of a billion. The pain of a billion. I wanted at least 1.5. Come on. I mean, that's not too much to ask for, is it? No. After directing The Force Awakens, then sitting out The Last Jedi, J.J. Abrams... Abrams? J.J. <laughs> Abrams is back to direct the movie. And Dean A. Colin Trevorrow, who helped write the story, was at one time attached as a possible director. He yep. left the project after creative differences. And if you're wondering what that could have been... Well, he wanted to shoot the movie on location in outer space. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. I think they should have done it. My two cents they is they should have done it. Yeah. Yeah. I, my take on why Colin Trevorrow was not no longer attached to this project um, was because he made the movie The Book of Henry. And Kathleen Kennedy went and watched that movie and saw that that was going to be the director of her next Star Wars movie. And she fired him. That's my that's my idea on it, because the Book of Henry is wild. That is a wild movie. Mm. Yeah. Well, here's my thing. If you shoot a movie in outer space, you don't think everybody's going to go watch that movie just to see the movie that was shot in outer yeah, space. Man. Tom Cruise is doing it. Is he? He's shooting a movie in outer space, I think, with Doug Lyman. Doug Lyman's shooting uh, him in outer space. Nice. Yeah. Well, he wanted to shoot on film instead of digital and shoot in outer space. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting choices, Trevor. Interesting, uh, yeah. Colin, Interesting choices. I, mean, I, I, I will say about Trevor O, uh, he's got one good movie, and I think, it, I think because of the other movies, you kind of know it's a fluke. He's okay. got a movie with a great twist at the end, and then all of his other movies end shitty. So you're like, oh, that was just like by accident. Well, nobody, uh, sounds like nobody's letting him do what he wants to do. Actually, that's maybe that's true. Off. Maybe his first movie, they let him do what he wanted to do. And so that's why it's so great. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's holding Trevor o down. Let the guy go to space. Come on. Yeah. Shoot in space. Give the guy some room to breathe. See what happens. Yeah. So he, he shot, like he is the director on Jurassic Park, uh, like the, the, the Jurassic World, sorry, Jurassic World. He probably wanted to go back to the, the Jurassic period and they wouldn't let him. They wouldn't let him use the, the time machine to go back. Possible. He's yeah. like, I want to shoot this thing with real dinosaurs. Come on. Time machine wasn't in the, in the budget. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. They're like, Colin, look, we're with you, dude. Oh. We're with you. We want to do that too. We just yeah. don't have the budget for a time machine. Yeah. Makes sense. If you can kick in some money, maybe we can get there. Yeah. Music. John Williams. No surprise. Cinematography. Dan Mindell. Cast. Same cast from the previous movies with a few new additions. A couple of nice additions, I'd like to say. Nice additions, a few subst subtractions. <laughs> <laughs> Some subtractions and additions. Some basic yep. math going on with the cast. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, awards. This movie was up for three Academy Awards. It's always up for the same shit, these Star Wars movies. Yeah. Uh, original score, sound editing, vis effects. Doesn't, doesn't yeah. win. Somehow no. another movie is better in those categories all the time. Somehow. I don't know. I don't know how, but somehow. Now let's get to the opening crawl. Excellent. That's how it starts. It felt like I was right there. Uh, the dead speak. The galaxy has heard a mysterious broadcast, a threat of revenge in the sinister voice of the late Emperor Palpatine. 
General Leia Organa dispatches secret agents to gather intelligence, while Rey, the last hope of the Jedi, trains for battle against the diabolical First Order. Meanwhile, Supreme Leader Kylo Ren rages in search of the Phantom Emperor, determined to destroy any threat to his power. So I read that in the theater. Mm. Yeah. And I'm thinking, cool. The Emperor's back. Uh, very thrilled with that. But just like many other things in this movie and this trilogy, it felt very forced. Yeah. I, w- I got... Go ahead. I got way too many emotions going through me when this pops up on the screen and the Emperor's back and they're telling me in the crawl? In the crawl, Tim, they're telling me the Emperor's back. This know, is a big it's, thing. It's a good crawl. This is this is a big deal. Yeah. I. It's too It's too fast. It's too fast for me. I can't just, I, I think I just can't be told. I can't be told that he's back. I need, I need a little bit more because why, why I'm saying there's lots of emotions going on. Like for me, like the, the, the Darth Vader, we love Darth Vader. The Darth Vader's moment is killing the emperor. That's like, that's what he did. That, that was such a big thing. That was his whole character arc. That's the, that's the bookend. That's the end of it. And then the Emperor's just back. So now I'm just like, okay, what does that mean for Darth Vader's arc? Like, that's what I'm immediately thinking of when I'm in that theater. I'm like, oh, no, they better address Darth Vader in some way in this movie, because this is sort of messing a little bit with his legacy. I love him so much. I would like them to address some something in the movie. So then now, right from that point, I'm just like, okay, just waiting for the Darth Vader stuff. Someone's got to address Darth Vader. Here we go. Um, I'll address Darth Vader. Great. He's my best friend. Yes. Uh, I also had issues with this. Like, how how is Darth Vader, or how is Anakin Skywalker the chosen one if you go on and do this with your Rise of Skywalker movie? So yeah. um, I thought about it. I read into it a little bit. And I um, found a conclusion that I am okay with. And it, oh, it, okay. it is that Anakin Skywalker was... Um, to fulfill the prophecy of the chosen one, which was mm-hmm. to bring an end to the Sith, not to bring an end to the dark side. So he did bring an end to the Sith by destroying the master and destroying the apprentice. So yes, what was left over was a clone, or it's they say it's more than a clone. It's not just a simple clone. It's somewhere between a clone and a man. But you have this character of the emperor who is without an apprentice, which is not what the Sith are. The Sith are master and apprentice. So he did put an end to the Sith. The dark side continued on. So he fulfilled his, you know, the destiny of the chosen one. And now in this movie, they're trying to get rid of like this, you know, dark side uh, evil in it. That got me there. I was like, that makes sense. I'm okay with that. I feel better about my pal Darth. Yeah. Yeah. That That's fine. Um, I am with you yeah. though. I yeah. need more backstory to how this all happened with the Emperor. Don't just throw yeah. me here. Sounds like there's a lot of cool stuff going on that nobody filled us in on. And how about a quick montage of important events that got him here? You know? Um, yeah. Even better. Make him a part of the entire trilogy. You know, have him get get rid of this fucking Snoke character. We don't need him. Let's get the Emperor right in The Force Awakens. I want to see that. That's going to get me on board a whole lot more with this entire trilogy. But again, I'm going to sound like a broken record here. Um, The trilogy didn't feel cohesive. You know, they didn't do a good job of writing three scripts 
uh, with like overarching ideas from start to finish. They just kind of like did one and then they're like, what should we do for the next one? What should we do for the next one? And if you do something like that, you end up with this scenario where you have a really great idea at the end, but it doesn't really work because to make it really work, you needed to have that thought of at the beginning. Yeah. It's why this doesn't work. And it's why this movie just by itself doesn't work because uh, Abrams is spending the first 45 minutes to rewrite movie two. Like he's just trying to yeah. like quickly get through what he would would have wanted to do and wanted to set up. And then the movie slows down and like starts to actually be a movie. But like that first 45 minutes, I mean, we'll go through it is just like chaos. It's all over the place. I don't even really know what's going on because it's just like he's just trying to get through so much shit so fast to catch everyone up that it like it just doesn't work as an entire movie. If that movie started 45 minutes in, you know, and he had already got to do his other shit or whatever, then it would have been better. It would have been more relaxed movie and it would have been it would have been tighter. Yeah. So another great opening sequence, though, these Star Wars movies always come out of the gate swinging. Really, really impressive. Uh, Kylo, we see him in a forest where he murders a bunch of characters to steal a Sith Wayfinder so that he can track down the Emperor. I think this is one of my top openings in the franchise is this one. I just think it looks so great. Uh, it's got an element of horror to it as Kylo gets to um, uh, Exegol. Uh, I love the story that they're trying to tell us here. And I really like that Kylo Ren wants to destroy Sidious instead of joining him. He, he wants to get yep. rid of that, uh, that aspect of the dark side. I, I think that's really cool. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I like that that is carried on from last movie because last movie, um, he, Kylo Ren wants to destroy basically what has been there before. You know, he wants to destroy the Sith, wants to destroy the Jedi, he wants it all away. So I like that fi finding out that the Emperor exists, he's like, yeah, I got to go take that him out too. Like, if he's still alive, I got to take him out too because I want to do away with all the past. Everything that was, you know, <laughs> the old Star Wars, I need out. I want them done. I'm the new Star Wars. Uh, so I really like that they pick up with that. Uh, I do like the, um, the, uh, the, the Sith Wayfinder. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's a, it, it's a MacGuffin and it's what JJ Abrams loves to do MacGuffins in his movie, but I'm a sucker for them because like, I love treasure hunting stuff, which is just like endless, you know, MacGuffin after MacGuffin of things to chase and things to go after. And like, I don't mind that it's just like this thing that everyone's going for. And that's, what's driving the plot. Um, there's a reason it's used so many times in movies. So it actually gets me kind of excited. So I, I liked it. I like the, the Wayfinder. I was fine with the Wayfinder. Uh, I'm with yeah. you. I like mystery movies as well. Uh, yeah. My problem with the way they used it in this one was that, like, the Resistance always seemed to stumble upon the clues by pure luck and by accident. Yes. Instead of using intelligence and actually figuring it out for themselves, which I think would have just made this movie so much better, so much more fun to watch, is if they're figuring it out and they're solving the clues. Instead, it's just here, fall down uh, a quicksand pit. And and yeah. now you found what you're looking for. It's like, what? It Again, it's just, it's forced content that this movie is full of. It's just, here it is. Yeah. Open your mouth. I'm going to slam this new idea down it. Now quickly run that way. And in 10 seconds, I'm going to do it again to you. Yeah, that's what the that's the problem with the first 45 minutes is they're just happening upon the things instead of a plan of like, this is where you have to go. This is what you have to do. And because they're stumbling upon it, 
I don't even know what their plan is. Like, I don't even know why they went to where they went and why they ran into the thing they did. Like, I am so lost in that first 45 minutes. So I like the idea of finding the Wayfinder. But yeah, lay it out. Lay it out like a heist movie does, where it's like, okay, when we actually get to doing it, I know exactly what the steps are. So I, I know where we are in the process. I know what's messing up. I know what's going well. That needs to be a whole part of it. But instead, it's exactly like you said. They're just stumbling around and running into things and... It just happens to be where they're supposed to go. And it's like, why were, why are we even here? Why did we go here? Yeah. Also having two wayfinders kind of, kind of minimizes the importance of one of them. So it, sure. it's like, yeah. it, it gives them a get out of jail free card, which I don't like, like yep, it, make it more, it'll be more important, more impactful if there's just one and that's the one you have to find, you know, don't, uh, whatever. We'll get there. Yeah, definitely. We'll get there. The emperor wants Kylo to join him. And he raises a fleet of Star Destroyers out of the ground. This looked so great. There are so many of them. Like, there's... <laughs> at first, I was looking. I like to count things. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm counting on the screen. I'm like, holy shit, how many of these Star Destroyers are there? I'm like, wow, there's got to be a hundred of them on screen. And then I'm thinking, well, that's got to expand far beyond that. And I'm like, wow, there might even be hundreds, maybe thousands. But then we get a line from the First Order later about these ships and they say yeah those ships will multiply their fleet by 10,000 times so that means incredible there are probably hundreds of thousands of those yep. star destroyers yeah that's what i was thinking that when he said that mind. when he said yeah 10,000 times i was like that must be a hundred hundreds of thousands of them blew my mind it's uh, it's awesome. It's a good visual. I like it a lot. I like when they raise out of the ground. Um, it, this movie looks really good. It really does. Um, there's a lot of things in this movie that look really good. And uh, yeah, this is this is a, a great part. I think it's my favorite looking. I think so. Yeah, I think it might. I said I said the last one was probably my favorite looking. There's things I really like how they look in that movie. But I think this is the best looking one as a whole. I think this is the best looking one. Yeah, I never committed to um, The Last Jedi being the best looking because I always yeah. remember this being the best looking. I might concede that overall, The Last Jedi might be a better looking movie start to finish. But I think this movie has more things that look amazing than any of the other movies. And I would rate it number one just for how amazing certain things look. Yeah. Now, even though the Emperor is telling Kylo he wants Kylo with him, that's not what he wants at all. He wants Rey. So we, we see our Resistance friends on the Millennium Falcon. They fly to a real cool looking ice planet. We learn that there's a spy in the First Order, and they're given some secret intel. Now, Mm. this is one of those amazing visuals that I'm talking about. This planet is so beautiful. It looks so neat. I would have loved to spend more time on this planet. This was way too fast. They're just like quickly getting in to get a message. Why make a planet that looks this good just to fly in for five seconds and fly out? Uh, I wanted to be on that planet. It, it was it was really cool. But the first order shows up, and we get a cool chase scene with Poe flying the Falcon. I do yep. like how they're cycling all these different pilots through the Falcon. I think that's pretty fun. And what Poe needs to do to get away is he uses light speed skipping to escape. So that was interesting visually. It looked pretty good. Um, yeah, yeah, no issues there. 
no, it's a fun, it's a fun thing to put in, um, to get all those different locations right off the bat. That's the fun thing about Star Wars is all the different places you get to go to. So you just knock off a bunch of them right off the bat, a bunch of ideas that you might've had for planets, but didn't, can fully flesh out, you know? So yeah. you get a bunch of ideas here on planets. I, I thought it was a really nice, really nice beginning. Yeah. We catch up with Ray, who we see training as a Jedi under the guidance of Leia. And man, I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for yeah. some scenes of Ray doing some traditional Jedi training. Again, sure. this is something I think they probably should have done in the force awakens. I think it would have helped her character development a lot more to see her train as a Jedi really early on. Yeah. Yeah. Poe lets the resistance know that the emperor has returned and he's calling his group the final order. Uh the final order? Not the first anymore, Tim. It's the final now. The final order? It's the final one. That's the, like, come on. Who came up with that? It's, uh, some old guy who's uh, withering away. <laughs> I mean, I cringe when I hear that. It's not great. The final order is not great. No. It's awful. Yeah. I like the first order. That's fine. But first the order is actually pretty good. Order? <laughs> the final order is not so good. So you're playing off the first order and you're trying to yeah. make it like larger and more impactful and you call it the final order? Like, why don't we just cut to like the final, final order? <laughs> just just go right there. I like I like just since it's only right after the first order, just be like the second order or like the next <laughs> order. Or just the order. It came before the first. The order. It's before the Yeah, order. the first order. Now Anyways, we're just the order. I, I think what I'm trying to get to here is that that's just a stupid name. Yeah. Are you with me yeah. or not? I'm with you, but like, I, I guess I don't care. <laughs> I'm just like, when they name stuff like that, it's just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I, I think it's so bad that I'm legitimately offended by it. Yeah, okay, that's fair, Tim. That's so what, I'm not offended. I'm it, it was one of those things that just, like, I didn't even bother to think about it a second time because I didn't like it, you know? So it was just like, ah, eh, whatever. Okay, I know the Emperor, and I promise you, yeah. he would never call his organization the Final Order. That would never okay, happen. Okay, fair, fair. I do. I, he would probably call it Unlimited Power. <laughs> yeah. The UPO, the Unlimited Power Order. <laughs> yeah exactly what he would have done now he's hiding on exegol the hidden planet of the sith very cool planet lots of uh, static electricity going on just causes lightning lightning to happen i like it i like the sound i like, it. I like the sound it makes i like the sound it makes i like the uh kind of horror visuals it kind of creates so totally. this was a pretty pretty neat and creepy part mm, definitely now even though he's hiding there, Dean, it's lucky for the Resistance that Ray knows how to find Exegol because Luke was searching for it. And Ray knows that she needs a Sith Wayfinder to get there. So Ray says goodbye to Leia and heads out with Chewie, Finn, Poe, 3PO, and BB-8 to the planet of Pasana, which is the last place Luke had searched for the Wayfinder. Right. Okay. Yeah. See, I kind of need you to break that down for me because that happened so fast that I'm like, yeah, why did we go to this planet? Yeah. Okay. That it's, it, that was the last place that he went, that Luke went looking for it. And they're like kind of following his journal. 
Yeah, what, yeah. You weren't paying attention when they laid that out over three seconds of dialogue? No, so fast. It was so fast, Tim. I was so lost. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah. I think I think uh, someone was saying it, and then uh, R2 came on screen, and I was like, there's R2. There he is. Yeah. He's finally exactly. here. Exactly. How come he doesn't get to go on any of the missions? Yes. He's like a, he he's like a home care worker now. Yeah, he doesn't Poor go guy. on any mission in this movie. Poor guy. All excitement is gone for him or her. Yeah, they really... R2 is. They, yeah, yeah, they really sidelined R2 for uh, for the new droids. They just really stuck R2 on the bench. Yeah. Just like, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a old, old athlete, you know, it's past his prime and he's just there for, uh, he's just there for moral support, but he's riding the pine. Uh, I think they shouldn't have done that. That's my, yeah. my, my idea. Yeah. He's great in the locker room though. He's great with other droids. Yeah. Just exactly. let, let him talk to the other droids. It'd be a, a hell yeah. of fun. Hell, hell of fun. Hell, a lot of fun. Oh, both those. Yeah. Take one, whatever. doesn't matter. Yeah. They both work. Kylo gets his helmet fixed. Dean, I remember liking this, but on this watch, I didn't like it because I actually thought it looked a bit too gimmicky. Um, like I could really tell this time that they just did it to sell a different toy, a Kylo Ren with mm-hmm. that helmet on it. So this time it didn't work for me. Um, maybe in my head, like maybe the red lines in between the cracks, maybe it was glowing or, or like looked right, a little yeah. bit better. But this time it really just looked like hard plastic in between the helmet and it it just didn't do it for me yeah i i don't like it because i like when he breaks his helmet because he's doing away with the you know the things of the past the star wars of the past so i like that he breaks the helmet he doesn't want to be darth vader anymore he wants to be his own you know his own person so i just didn't really like that he puts it back together right i hear you now kylo along with the knights of ren head out in search of ray i like that they're calling her the scavenger in this movie i thought it was really nice because it's yeah it's derogatory. You can tell they're yeah. like, you know, letting letting her know that she's like a lower form, you know? Yeah. yeah it was neat. Yeah, it's good. It would be like if they called Luke like the farm boy or something yeah, like that. Exactly. Like that would have like if the, you know, if the Empire was to call him the farm boy. Yeah, it's just like putting him down. You know, it's just like making sure that, you know, they know their place. Uh, yeah, I love it. It's putting a class to her character. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Kylo, along with the Knights of Ren, head out in search of Rey. Kylo uses the Force Dyad to connect with Rey and tell her Palpatine wants her dead. Now, Dean, at this point, I notice that they call the Emperor Palpatine for almost this entire movie. Now, for me, Palpatine was his alter ego as a senator and chancellor. Sidious is his Sith name. And that's who he's portraying in this movie. So why do they never call him Sidious one time in this entire movie? It's 90% 90 of the time Palpatine, 10% of the time the Emperor. But where's where's Sidious? That's who he is. That's a huge miss. That would be like if Vader was in the movie and they called him Anakin the whole movie. Exactly. didn't call him Vader at all. Like, it's such a huge miss. Yeah, so I mean, I think I know why they did it. I think it's only because they're trying to strengthen this whole idea of like the Palpatine family name. But you Definitely. don't need to do that. You don't have to drop it 15 times. You know, just just drop it the once or twice. We'll figure it out. We're smart. We're smart viewers. 
Yeah, you drop everything else so fast and so quick. Just let the Palpatine thing happen once. Like one time when Ray is talking about it or whoever, or maybe when Kylo Ren's talking to her, you can say it one time, you know, and then yeah. that's fine. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Anyways, all of a sudden on Pasana, Lando Calrissian is back in the franchise. And Great. I love Lando, but could we please work him into the movie in a more organic way? <laughs> nope <laughs> please again this is so forced it's like yeah. he's they're just they get to the planet they encounter their very first second of like of problematic uh scenario and then all of a sudden lando pops out of nowhere and he's like you know i can help you i'm lando calrissian well what? Yeah, they're just like in his tent. Like, this is what I'm talking about. It moves so quickly that it's just like, I'm still trying to figure out why they're on this planet. And then all of a sudden they're in Lando's tent. And then Lando's talking about Luke and he's telling them to go somewhere. And I'm like, what's going on? Like, yeah. this is, there's too much is happening. Like, there's like, there's such a, they want you to care so much about these moments, but they're just running through them. They're sprinting through yeah. them because like, there's even a send off for all these people going out and you're supposed to feel like this could be the last mission everyone's going out on, but they just sprint through it. So it's like, I don't feel this at all. Like, I don't feel like no. this could be the last mission. I don't feel anything that you want me to feel. You run into Lando. I don't feel what you want me to feel. I'm like, oh, cool, Lando. But they're just like, like, C-3PO is like, this is Lando Calrissian. And then everyone in the tent's like, yeah, we know. Like, it's even awkward in the movie because they don't know what to do with it because they want to get through it so quickly that they're just like, yeah, we know who he is. Like, let's just keep going in, in the, with this movie. Um, it's, yeah, it's uh, it needs to be done a little bit better. Yeah, agreed. Like, it just, it feels like the corporates are sitting in a room and they're like, what, yeah. what makes Star Wars great? What do the nerds love? You know, and then someone says, well, hey, um, you know, they really loved Lando Calrissian, you know? Oh, well, let's get Lando in this movie. Okay. Let's put him in a tent. Put him in right here. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Give them Lando. Okay, now we're done. Lando's in the movie. Now what? Let's move on to something else. Oh, well, uh, yeah. the nerds love this. And uh, it's like they're just putting these things in because they think that's what make these movies great. But it's yeah. not just the people. It's like what the people are doing and the some of the in-between moments and the greater themes going on. Like... They didn't really Lando. He he just has barely a character in this movie. You know, he may as well yeah. have not even been there. Um, so I, yeah. just, just on a, I loved seeing him again. I love his character. Loved seeing him in this movie. If you're gonna bring him in, though, give him a little bit more to do. For, Tim, for real, he could have just shown up at the end in a plane. That would that's better. as much as he basically. That would have been yeah. Better. That's as much as he basically got. Like, he, yeah. it would have been better if he just showed up in a plane because, like, then we would have understood what was happening in that moment. But this way, it's just like, so then you think he's going to be in the movie more and then he's like, not really. He, like, is sometimes walks out of the shadows and gives someone advice and then walks back into the shadow and you're like, where the fuck did he come from? Yeah, exactly. Now, Ray and the group end up getting sucked down this quicksand hole, uh, this black quicksand dean, 30 tons of black beans. Was what that was. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. That's what they went cool. down. Cool. <laughs> and yeah, um, you know, as we have mentioned already, they just so happen to fall down that hole. They're not going to die. No, they're going to fall out the bottom and find exactly what they're looking for. They fly. Yeah. They find the blade of Ochi, which details the location of the Wayfinder. Th that's yeah. it. A blunder. They get it from a blunder. 
Yeah, it would have been much better if they had to solve some sort of riddle or something about like a sinking a sinking sea or something like uh, something about yeah. them that they had to actually go down there to get to that place. Um, so they they had to figure out something to do it. But like, yeah, they just run into it and they're like, shit, we're all gonna die. And then instead, it's like, oh, we fell right where we needed to. Yeah, I don't know. It's bad. Yeah. But like, like I will, like I will keep saying, the first forty-five minutes for me is the worst part of the movie. I think it slows down and does a lot better job with the rest of the movie. Yeah, later. for sure, for sure. Uh, we see down in the cave here that Ray is able to heal by using the Force. I'm into it. I was into it too. I liked it. Yeah, because it, it's a life force. You know, the the Force is is so much in tune with yeah. you know life and positive, uh, like the the energies, right? It's the energies, the good energies and the bad energies. So why couldn't if the bad energies can create lightning, why can't the good energies, you know, heal heal something? You're giving someone, you're giving up of that life force. You know. Um, yeah. So I liked it. I liked the healing. Yeah. I mean, the uh, the Emperor uses a form of that, right? He can transfer life life from one body to another that's like that's the sith magic so kylo catches up to ray here on pasana and i always thought this was a really cool sequence where he's flying at her in his uh his fighter and at the very last second she does a ninja flip over it and cuts one of the wings off very very cool it rules it's awesome it i love it so much it was in the movie preview every time i see it it's great uh, yeah, it was in the yeah exactly. It was in the trailer and it got you so pumped for the movie. Oh, I remember yeah. seeing that trailer and being like, "Oh my goodness, I can't wait to see this thing." Yeah. Then a really cool Force moment, similar to the Last Jedi, where Kylo and Rey were fighting over the lightsaber, but now they're fighting over a ship in the sky. <laughs> this was yeah awesome. crazy. Yeah, and it's great. Rey accidentally lets out Force lightning. Yeah, that was a great moment. Um, I like it. It was really great because we're also led to believe that Chewie and the Blade of Ochi are on that transport when it blows up. So we think Chewie died there. Yeah, I I don't think that needs to be part of it. Um, Just for me personally, because I hate friendly fire. Like, I hate when someone hurts someone and they didn't mean to that's on their side. Like, it just hurts me. (laughs) So I know it's like it's effective in movies to do that because then you get like more sorrow for your main character. But for me, I hate when someone like shoots their own person or like she blows up Chewie. She thinks she blows up Chewie because she just like lost control and used her lightning. But it would be a reason she's afraid of it then, right? Like it would be a reason she's afraid of that power and having that power. So right. it is it is actually pretty good for her character. I just, it hurts me when that when that happens. I hear you. Uh, Dean, what did you think of 3PO in this movie? Okay, okay, Tim. I actually really like 3PO in this movie. I like him because he's like, we've been talking about these last two movies haven't really utilized 3PO. And this movie he is back to just being like annoying, telling everyone like shit stats they don't want to hear. And like they're telling him to shut up. I think uh, Oscar Isaac and 3PO have some good back and forth, how he's just like so annoyed with them. And then, I mean, we're, we're going to get to it later, but it, at some point in time, he kind of gets put back to original 3PO where yeah. like he's being introduced to everyone for the first time. And I love that too, because it's just like, brings me right back to the first time I was introduced to 3PO and I'm like, what's up with this droid, you know? And so it's like, that's the way he's now interacting with everyone for the rest of the movie. I was so on board with this choice with 3PO in this movie. Yeah. I, I thought they did some real bad jokes with him. Most of oh, yeah, those happened sure. in that first 45 minutes you're talking about. Yeah. They were cringeworthy. I'm just like, this is so bad. I actually made a note in my in my notes. 
how how dumb I thought three PO was in this movie, and then it all started to turn, and yeah, he got really really good, and they really utilized his character well to develop him and, and allow him, um, just to help out with with what's going on. They needed three PO. That's the three PO I know and love. The one that they actually need. You know, kind of as yeah. as bumbling as he is, they they need that guy. So. By the end of it, I was like, I have to, I have to cross that line about him, you know, being shitty out because that was absolutely not true. Um, he's got the ability to translate the Sith message on the blade of Ochi, right? Yeah. So he's got like Sith language in him. Yeah, because that's his thing. He's a translator, right? Yeah. So. Dean, does that mean that young Anakin programmed the Sith language into him? I guess. Yeah. It must be, right? I think that's interesting. Yeah, for sure. Because he young Anakin built him. He, he built so him, right? He can tran he can translate it. Uh he's just not allowed to speak it. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to see a bit of backstory on Anakin deciding to bad. program like the that. Sith language into him. Neat, yeah. So the group take 3PO to Kajimi to find someone who can hack 3PO to get him to translate the Sith language. We meet Zori Bliss, who I loved. I loved her Great. character. I would have Great. liked to have seen way more screen time for her character. I was yeah. really into her. We meet uh, Babu Frick. Hell yeah. Cool little character. Um, I thought 3PO had a great line with this character. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's about his, like, when he gets his, like, memory wiped, first person he meets is Babu Frick. And then, right. like... Half an hour down the line, <laughs> they meet up with Babu Frick again, or someone mentions his name, and three people like, him, yeah. Babu Frick, he's my oldest friend. It's <laughs> <That's laughs> like great. He met him like two hours ago. <laughs> but yeah. As, as really, that's the shit I love. Really funny writing in that one. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's that's the stuff I really love with C3PO. Uh, that's, yeah, that's great stuff. I like Babu Frick a lot. Um, I think he's super funny. His voice is incredible. And then my favorite Babu Frick is when. Uh, you know, C-3PO sits up and actually does translate the Sith, but he's doing it in like this deep voice and his eyes are all red. And then he just kind of like passes out or whatever, like shuts down after he finishes. And Babu Frick just looks up and he's like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> he did it. So funny. <laughs> yeah. We also meet Dio here. And dude, Dio stole the show, in my opinion. Dio's good. Yeah. Dio is amazing. Super, super funny robot. I liked him better than BB-8. Uh, I would have liked, again, I would have liked way more time with this guy. Uh, voiced by J.J. Abrams, by the yep. way, which is really cool because it's a really cool voice. Like, it doesn't doesn't sound like it would just be a person doing it. But, yeah, it was really neat. I, I, yeah, it's interesting to have one of those, like, little droids that doesn't have, like, facial features but is talking. You know, it's like because we have C3, or sorry, we have R2-D2 and we have BB-8 who just make noises but then it's cool to have this little droid that rolls around and like says short sentences, you know, just a word at a time or a couple words at a time. Um, it, it's pretty neat. Yeah, I got way more personality out of him than I did BB. For sure. Like, oh yeah, he, for sure. He was like, I, I call them he's. They're definitely, obviously, they're it's. But um, yeah, like it. It was scared at times. Like it, it. It was. You could tell because it was so small. It had concerns and worries about people, yeah. and it didn't really trust yeah. anybody, so it had to kind of learn trust in the movie. I thought it was a cool character. Yeah, 
they they've done some a couple interesting angles with these new movies on droids and i think this is one of them um that even could have they even could have went into it a little further but they just have no time for that in this movie but they could have went into a little further why he's so scared as being a small droid because i think that's a good point he's very small and that's probably why he's been you know kind of kicked around he's he's next to everyone's feet so they probably you know just kick him out of the way or whatever um so i i I do like that i i like that uh you know they've they've added in some new droids but they've tried to say something a little bit about droids and what droid a droid life could be like so i thought that was pretty cool yeah he was a unique droid i feel like bb8 was just a rehashing of r2 but not as good yeah but this was something completely different uh star wars rebels the animated show did a really good job with their droid chopper he gets like really frustrated and he's kind of like a little bit of an extreme of R2 where he'll talk back, but Mm. I feel like they put a little bit more emphasis on you being able to understand his tone and his mood. And there's lots of times where I would hear him say something and I was like, Oh, he just told that person to F off. And you can kind of pick up on it because just of the way that they did it, it's still all in droid talk, but it was uh, much more easy to pick up on what he was saying. So I thought that was a really interesting um, thing that they did. So I I liked this kind of, you know, completely different style as well with a droid here. Yeah. So Ren shows up on Kajimi and heads down to the planet. And at the same time, Ray senses Chewie on Ren's ship. So she heads up to the ship. I thought this was a lot of fun. You know they're, yeah, they're, they're, I know they're trying to find you know they're trying to find each other and they come so close but they just pass each other by is is really neat. I was a big fan. I was a big fan of that. Yeah, it's a, it's a good call. Then the two have um what I thought was a pretty great fight using the dyad to jump between locations. It's awesome. Man, that was just that just looked really cool. I think the first couple times this was actually something I wasn't a big fan of. Because okay, yeah. I was having trouble understanding the dyad and how could this be possible. If yeah. you just accept that that is possible and that's a thing, this fight scene looks incredible. It, it's cut really, really well. Yeah, it's so cool. I, I love it. I love um, I love the moment that Kylo figures out where Rey is because he doesn't know. He's searching for her on the ground on the planet so yep. he has no idea even when they're connected through the diode he has no idea where she is because he's seeing his surroundings when he sees her um so yeah he has no idea where she is uh, but it comes to a point where in their fight they knock over his like pedestal that he has vader's helmet on and so he sees vader's helmet fall because of their connection and then he knows that uh, she's up in his ship in his quarters and i thought that was really cool yeah since you bring it up I don't think we've ever even touched on it. Vader's helmet. I don't need it in the, in this trilogy. I don't think it does anything for me. Again, I feel like this is one of the things where the corporates are sitting around a table and they're like, what do people love about the previous movies? They love Darth Vader. Well, we got to get Darth Vader in here somehow. Well, he's dead. He got burnt. Well, let's throw his burnt mask in here. That'll get the nerds raving and you know excited. But I that didn't do anything for me. Yeah, um, I I will say uh, I hate seeing it in this movie um, because of some reasons I've said already with Kylo Ren. But like, I like seeing it in the in The Force Awakens because I like seeing his obsession because his, his obsession is something I really like how he's like so obsessed with being bad, 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 got to be bad. 
but then he realizes like, oh, I actually want to do away with all this stuff and be my own kind of bad um, and not live up to legacy. Uh, so I, I like it in the beginning and then I like him doing away with it, like I've said, so I don't like seeing it here. Like, it should not be here. He's done with it. He's done with that. I don't want to see it here. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of half with you. I like it at the beginning, but I, I don't like it here. I think I would have far preferred to see like a, a holographic recording of Vader that Kylo yeah, kept sure. with him. Yeah. yeah. Um, even if it's just like um, a stoic figure of Vader just standing there. Or if it's like Vader saying something, like some sort of quote that really captures Kylo that he brings with yeah. him. But just the burnt helmet never did anything for me. And I'm the biggest Darth Vader fan ever. And and this I didn't care about this helmet at all. Yeah, that's a good point. The actually the actual visual of the burnt helmet is just for the trailer in Force Awakens. Like it's just to put that in the shot to get everyone to come into the theaters. Yeah. And Tim, it worked. Everyone well, went to the theaters. Here's the thing, we're coming anyways. You don't need to do that. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just show me the Millennium Falcon, I'm coming. I don't need Vader. <laughs> we just helmet. need the word Star Wars and we're gonna go. I just need the word Star Wars. I'll do it again. Yeah. Now, Dean, we learned Hux. General Hux is the spy in the First Order, and he lets Finn, Poe, and Chewie go free. I really liked this twist. I've always liked Hux in this trilogy. I thought this was a great moment, and then they fuck it all up by immediately killing him. I know. What? What is that? They don't have time to dig into this idea that they just had. Like they had this idea. It's a good idea. It's a great idea. You like it. I like it. He just, he doesn't even want, he doesn't even want to help the rebels. He just wants Kylo Ren to fail. Great idea. They've been at each other for every single movie. He hates them. He almost like was going to shoot him in the last movie. Like I like it. But then it's like the movie's like, oh fuck man, if that's what we got to deal with, we got a lot of plot to go through to deal with this, like to deal with Hux in, in like helping out the whole movie. So uh, let's just kill him. Let's just get him out of here. Then we don't have to deal with it. It just really felt like that. It really felt like get him out of the movie because I can't even think about this plot that I just created. Yep. Another big miss in my opinion. Big miss. How great would this have been if he was a traitor from the first movie? You know, and we would have felt so bad here when he got killed if we had seen him feeding them information for three movies and then they finally caught on here that he's the traitor and he got killed. I would have felt bad for him, you know? Um, yeah. I would have gotten really sad. This is nothing, though, because I, th- I think he's cool, and now he just does his first cool thing. Maybe his first cool thing was, like, pulling his gun on Kylo in Last Jedi, and then yeah. Kylo coming, too, and he puts his gun back down. I thought that was awesome. But he does his first real big thing here, and then he gets killed. And it's like... Immediately. But I want to I see more of that. Like, I actually... I yeah. like what you're showing me now, but then they're like, no, you can't have any more. Yeah, that's what that's this what movie's it feels all like. about, dude. It's all about yeah. these little, like, little ideas that they're just like, here's an idea we had, but now we're going to move on to something else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, check out this idea. Wasn't it cool? Okay, but yeah. we have lots of other, uh, more of those. We got more of those to get to. <laughs> this so movie, we gotta... <laughs> it seems like a pitch. It's like, okay, yeah. what if we did it's a pitch, this? Yeah. Okay, now what if in this scenario we did this? Okay, now what if we did that? And what if we did that? And then, uh, okay, we just made a movie. Yeah. The the problem with killing him right away is that the people who like it, like the people who like that he's the the spy, 
um, are going to be upset that he got killed right away because they wanted to see more of that. And the people who didn't like it, didn't like that he was the spy, are just going to be like, well, that was pointless. You just killed him immediately. So why did I even care the whole time? So it just right. works for nobody. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because the, the people who don't like him would want to see him get tortured or something like that or, like or get in trouble yeah, for it, or, right? or sent to or jail. Or have it be meaningful in some way. They would be like, oh, I hate that. But then why did you kill him right away? Like, what's even the point of you telling me that then? Yeah. Well, Kylo tells Rey she's a Palpatine and that they should join forces to kill the Emperor. But Rey doesn't want to team up with Kylo. She wants to do it by herself. Tim, can I say, can I comment on her being a Palpatine? Yeah, of course, Dean. Because I, I don't like it. Um, this is just another one of the big things in the movie, like of bringing back, you know, Palpatine, bringing back Sidious and then having this connection I liked the connection that her parents were nobody because I like the I like the narrative that like anybody out there can be a Jedi like it doesn't have to be this family business type of thing in in a world where like nepotism is a big thing and like you get jobs because you know people you get jobs because you're related to people I like this story telling us that it doesn't have to be the, who you know and who you're related to you could have you could be the strongest person in the light side of the force but just by just by being this you know this person who lives on jakku so i like that storyline and then all of a sudden you know they change it up on you they make her the granddaughter of palpatine i, I don't i also just I, I don't feel the effect for her that this would be the worst news for her like when when um Luke hears that Darth Vader is his father. That is the worst thing he could possibly hear. Right. Because he's just been living his whole, like, well, since Obi-Wan told him, he's been living thinking that his dad was a huge hero and Darth Vader killed his father. So, like, that's the worst thing that he could hear is that Darth Vader is actually his father. The uh, Rey doesn't even know the Emperor's, like, alive for her whole life, you know? So it's like... This would be such this 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 news isn't as impactful as it was for you know for Luke finding out. So I just thought it kind of fell flat for me. I also kind of feel like it's the news that she's been looking for. She's always right, wanted yeah. to be somebody, right? She she yeah. never wanted to be the scavenger. She never wanted to know that her parents were nobodies. She wanted to be somebody. Guess what? That's a good point. You're a yeah. huge somebody. You're the granddaughter of the emperor. Like, yeah. what else could you really ask for? Yeah, he's done some terrible things, but, like, you are somebody. This should be the news you're happy with, you know? Yeah. So I feel like they completely they completely screwed that all up. Yeah. First, first of all, like, feeding us for two movies, this grand idea, like, not this grand idea, but they're, like, they're keeping a secret from us of who Ray is, right? They. It's this big plot point where, oh, who who is she? Who are her parents? Oh, it's going to be one of her parents is going to be Luke. Oh, no, one of her parents is going to be Leia. Oh, who's it going to be? Oh, um, she sees herself in her in the reflection. Right. Yeah. What does that mean? And then they get through all of that. And yeah, they throw you this Palpatine thing. And I don't know. It it should be what she's wanting. You're right. And then she's 100% right. Yeah. You're 100% right because she's never really she should like this. She should like this she news be happy and be like it. I am very I'm, important I, and I I'm going to change it. Somebody. Yeah. I'm somebody? I'm somebody. I'm somebody. <laughs> this is why all these things are happening to me. This is why I'm in, in in touch with the force. This is why this is all happening. Yeah, now I need to make my own decisions about what I'm going to do with my future, but this yeah. is why this is happening to me. All that's all lost. Yeah. 
you nailed it. Yeah, that's exactly it. We go to a great scene on Kef Beer, the water mood of Endor that the Death Star crashed on. This yeah, is, this is great. I love this entire sequence. Awesome. Uh, the Wayfinder is in the Death Star, and the Death Star is crashed in this violent ocean. Um, really, really great scenery. We get a bit of time inside the Death Star here, Dean, which was something I mentioned and wanted to see out of the downed Star Destroyer in The Force Awakens. So they kind of make up for that a little bit here. I would have preferred even more time in the Death Star, but what they gave us, I really appreciated. I thought it was really cool. Ray finds the Wayfinder, and we get a super quick scene of Ray meeting and fighting Dark Ray. Yeah. Wow. Do I ever want to see more of Dark Ray? <laughs> she yeah. was awesome. She was awesome. Um she looks badass. Oh, uh man. she looks she looks great. She's got a cool lightsaber. I mean, it's one of those double-edged that I don't know how to fight with. But, oh no, yeah. Um, oh, it, she knows. It's though. cool. She knows. She knows. She knows how and that's all that matters. Um this is cool. This is pretty cool. Her Sith mouth. Ooh. Wow. That yeah. It's creepy. I like yeah, it. I need yeah. more of that. I need more of Dark Ray. Yeah. As soon as she appeared on screen, my wife was like, she looks beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she did look beautiful. Because she looks great. <laughs> yeah, she does look great. Um, but Kylo immediately shows up and uh, ruins the time of the Death Star here. If he'd only yeah. shown up 10 minutes later, we could have walked around this Death Star a bit. I know. But seen, he, seen some stuff. We could have looked around, yeah. Seen some old pictures of family members yeah. on the wall. Yeah. But he shows up, Dean. He destroys the Wayfinder, and they end up having a great lightsaber fight that takes them out on some debris that's out in the water. Now, Dean, what did you think of that scene? Out on the water, that lightsaber fight. Go as far as you want with, uh, sure. with what happens. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of it. I, I like it a lot. Um, this is, uh, yeah, this is definitely this whole planet thing is a part of the movie that I, I'm really liking. I'm really digging at this point. And this fight, you know, kind of starting, you know, venturing the fight outside is is a, a big plus, I think. I think this is really cool fighting in this atmosphere. It's always cool when you're on a planet in Star Wars and you somehow that like um, uh, is, is involved in the fight. You know, somehow they work that into the fight and these huge waves are worked into the fight. And I, I love how it looks sort of like, misty you know sometimes you can see things sometimes you can't one of my favorite visuals is when uh, uh ray jumps away front to another piece of debris and kylo jumps to another piece of debris and we get finn's point of view seeing it and kylo's just like floating off into the mist yeah it looks so cool i'm just like oh yeah cut into that mist i want to see what's going on in there um yeah i'm a big fan big fan of the whole fight um this is uh you can see that like ray is like so good with a lightsaber now. You know, it's a much different fight than the one that happened in the woods in Force Awakens. So I like that. I like that they both seem more skilled um, because obviously she's been training a lot more now. So yeah. I, I really, I really like this fight. I think it's, uh, yeah, I think it's super good. Yeah, super, super good. Looks amazing. I love it. Every time I see it, amazing. Yeah. Leia gets involved here, which I thought was really yes. cool. Yes. Using the last of her energy to reach out to Kylo, um, who in that moment of connection loses the upper hand in the battle with Ray. He drops his lightsaber. Ray grabs it and stabs him with it. And then she force heals him and takes off in his ship. 
Yes. And I, I do want to say, because you brought up Leia, and that's like it's such a huge part in this fight is Leia connecting with, with, with Kylo and then, you know, that being what distracts him and gives the final blow. I really like how the fight starts where Kylo tells Rey, you know, she's done the lightning now. She's exploded that ship with, you know, and with her lightning powers. He's like, you can't go back to Leia just like I can't go back to her. Like, we're done. We're too far gone. Even if we want to, both of us can't go back to her. And that's where you, like, remember they both have a very strong connection with her. You know, they both have this strong connection with Leia. So I thought that was really cool to start that talk out about Leia and then have her be the one that really, in in the end, affects the fight uh, so much that Rey is the one who ends up, like, winning winning the fight. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Ren then has a vision of Han which uh, I just thought was very, very unexpected. And I really liked seeing, um, cause you got, you just got the whole Leia stuff. So I was not expecting to see the Han stuff, but Mm -hmm. you know, you look back in retrospect, that would make a lot of sense that Leia just connected with him and he, he felt something, obviously felt something from that, something, you know, whatever she did there connected with him deeply and, this isn't a force ghost of Han. This is just Kylo's memory of Han. Yeah. He, he's like, he's hearing Han's words spoken to him again, but now he's open to receive the message. Yeah. Which I thought was really neat. And Han tells him Kylo Ren is dead. And a throwback to their scene in The Force Awakens, where Kylo says, that he knows what he has to do, but he doesn't know if he has the strength to do it. Yeah. And Han says, you do. And Kylo tosses his lightsaber into the ocean. Um, This was an epic toss, man. He, he like, he sent it's that good... thing flying. Send it. He sent he it, sent man. It. He chucked it. I, I think it's uh, too I bad. Like... For, I just want to say, I think it's yeah. too bad. Yeah. Because that's a great lightsaber. It's a great lightsaber. He could have used that. He could use that lightsaber. I'm down. (laughs) I'm down with a comic book, a six issue comic book of people going after that lightsaber at the bottom of that ocean. I want to see it. I'm down. I'm reading that. Yeah. I'm reading that. We're covering it. Pre order. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I like this. Uh, So. I got all these, you know, all these complicated feelings that popped up in the opening crawl about Darth Vader. You know, uh, I wanted to hear more about Darth Vader throughout this movie. Kylo's where you can do it because Kylo is the one that, you know, is so obsessed with him or at least was so obsessed with him. You can make this turn that he's going to have about Darth Vader. He can like, because Darth Vader turns, you know, Darth Vader is the one that turns and kills the Emperor. If you want to keep him idolizing Darth Vader, then make that the turn that he realizes that Darth Vader found the strength to go against mm. the Emperor and like turn to the light. That right. make that the turn. So they didn't do that, and so I, I I'm actually okay with what they did here. You know, because I I was thinking the whole time if they're not going to be bringing this up at all, will I buy it? Will I buy that he wants to turn and throw away you know Kylo Ren, throw away that lightsaber? And so I think bringing in. Han was the best way to accomplish that. Bringing in Han, which brings us back to that moment where he was actually conflicted and he killed Han Solo because he thought that that's the baddest thing he has to do. 
that will that will like make his uh you know that will make him fully in the dark side he won't be conflicted anymore if he just kills his father and it didn't work so i like bringing back han in here to be that moment where he actually throws it away instead he has that memory of talking with him and instead he throws the lightsaber away which is what he could have done in that moment so yeah even though it wasn't what i wanted uh, it works for me, um, which is saying something because it wasn't what I thought should happen. So it, it still works for me. Okay. I never considered like him using Darth Vader as the, the, the way to turn back to the light. Yeah. Uh, I do like that a lot. I think that's really cool. I think if they were going to do that, you can't really do all this like family connection stuff that they did do. So exactly. Yeah. For that reason, it wouldn't yeah. have worked, but um. But I think that's the reason to leave Darth Vader completely out of this movie, yeah. this movie and, and the trilogy. Like he doesn't belong in here because he doesn't do anything. He's not yeah. needed. Like it's the family connections that Kylo has, which are the important factors leading to his character and the way that his character makes decisions um, in the dark and the light. So, uh, but but I really, really liked, I really liked this. I liked the Leia and then the Han. I think it's very yeah. beautiful. There's a great moment. Dean, I mentioned in the Force Awakens episode when um, Kylo stabs Han with the lightsaber. Remember, I said something like I was like, I thought Han stroked his face, but he didn't. He just said some words. So what I was thinking of was this scene where Han strokes his face. I just thought that was a really beautiful moment where he just kind of like reaches out and and touches him and kind of, you know, gets him to turn. And yeah, it's a great moment. It's a great moment for Leia. It's a great moment for Han. And it's a great moment for Kylo. It's just, uh, it's a, it's a family picnic that they're having on a hot summer day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think it works also coming immediately after Ray stabbing him and then healing him. Cause I think that he, like that also, he was just like, what is going on? Like she defeated me and then she heals me. Like he's, you know, he's, he's so confused in this moment. This is this whole package of everything is what's making him, you know, end up being going to turn. And Kylo Ren did die there. She stabbed Kylo Ren and Kylo Ren died. She healed Ben. And now he's, he's back. He's bombarded with the light side here. It's coming at him on all fronts. He has, he has father issues. He has mother issues and he has girl issues and yeah. it all comes to a head here at the same moment. And he kind of like is able to release it all. It's a, yeah. it's a great scene. Yeah. It's good. Now Ray in Kylo's ship heads to Luke's Island and he shows up as a force ghost to give her a pep talk. Apparently Luke and Leia both knew she was a Palpatine. Wow. <laughs> I'm not sure how to take that. I know. I know. Like, I don't, I don't know. Should we get into that or just pass it by? I just pass it by when I watch the movie. I'm usually just like, wow, okay. Let's just yeah. pass it by. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm usually like, don't like that comment. Yeah. Not going to get into that. <laughs> yeah. Not sure where I stand with that one. Let's yeah. just move on. Uh, Luke says that Ray's destiny is to face her fear and to face Palpatine. She's the only one who can defeat him. And Luke gives Ray Leia's lightsaber. She takes the other Wayfinder that was in Kylo's ship that she didn't know about. And Luke raises his X-Wing out of the water and she takes off. The Resistance gets a message from Luke. 
showing the path that Ray's taking to Exegol so they can follow her. And Poe takes the resistance. He heads to Exegol with them, while Lando and Chewie take the Falcon to the core systems to send out a call for help. And Poe says that he's certain they'll find friends willing to help. So this is um, a good a good piece for Poe's character because his arc is kind of all coming together now where he's like motivating the troops. He's finally the leader. That's what they were grooming yeah. him for this whole time. But this is the moment where you can see the teachings of Leia have come through and he now is this new leader. So I, I yeah. liked it. I liked it as like this, this kind of like a close to his arc, his arc in a way. I'm with you. This ending is the best he is in the entire trilogy. And I think it's because it's all been working up to that. You know, he's, yeah, he, he needed to learn. So there's even moments in this movie early on in the movie where you're like, don't like him. And it's like, he's a little bit, you know, he's button heads with everyone. Um, I like in the end here, I think he's the best he, he is. And I, I, uh, he is just so easy to get on board with him. You know, he, you're, he's the leader you trust at the end, which is uh, it's something that you really need out of him at the end there. So, uh, yeah, it, it's good. Yep. Now, I was pretty pumped when Ray showed up to Exegol in her uh, little X-Wing in front of the fleet of Star Destroyers. Hell this yeah. was so badass. Yeah. Ray's so badass. It's great. It's great. It's she's so badass. She's wearing the helmet that she was wearing like on Jakku at the beginning. Like it's not that exact helmet, but it's like <laughs> yeah. the same style where she was just like sitting on Jakku and wearing her helmet and needing her little bun or whatever it was. And now she's actually got that helmet. She's in the X-Wing and she's approaching Exegol. It fucking rules. Uh, yeah, it's she's badass. I think Ray is a great example of what being balanced in the force can do for you, because yeah. I feel like she draws from the light side and she draws from the dark side. So For she sure. she has the love, she has the compassion, she knows what she needs to do, but she has no fear. She's not afraid to go anywhere, to do anything. She believes in her power, and yeah. she is a great character. I'm a, I'm a really yeah. big fan of Rey. Yeah, and I think a great pull for, like, a great background for that would have been that she has no tie. You know, she has no tie to a certain side. She has no tie to the light, or she has no tie to the dark because her parents are nobody. You know, if right. you stick with that, then you can really get this is why she's so balanced, because she doesn't have any of that pressure to be one way or the other. Um, so that would have been cool, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, good point. So the fleet shows up quickly after, and they engage the Star Destroyers, and then start riding horses on a Star Destroyer, which is just, wow. Like, <laughs> how did that make it into this movie? I don't know. Um, Colin Trevorrow? <laughs> That's Colin Trevorrow's part. Is this yeah. Colin Trevorrow that made it through into the movie? No, That's his stamp on the movie, maybe. What, what universe are we in? We're riding horses on a Star Destroyer makes any sort of sense or is what anybody wants to see. I Dean, don't well, know how this... Back up a yeah. second here, Dean. What did you yeah. think of this? It's another thing where I'm just like, okay, whatever. Like, I guess that's where you decided to go with this. Well, but um, like when it happened, are you like, why are there horses running on a Star Destroyer? Yeah, for sure. So when, so when it happened, well... 
they're all they're space horses though, Tim. So maybe you know I don't know everything about space horses. Well, hold on, uh, hold on. So they're not actually in space. So my concern is not that yeah. they're in space and there's no oxygen. No, no, no I know they're in orbit yeah. of the planet. But what? What? I know they're what? so. It's supposed to be. It's such a weird moment because it's supposed to be like the gates are opening and then they like set it up with like uh you know block all their speeders or whatever the fuck the guys inside are saying they're like block you know block their speeders and it's like i can't they're not using those uh and then yeah. you like cut and the door opens and they ride out in horses it's supposed to be this big moment and you're supposed to be like oh hell yeah and i'm just sitting there and i'm like okay no i was like, like hell no yeah no i'm not i'm not into it but it's just one of those things where i'm just like okay whatever like i guess that's what we're doing here so i'm not into it i'm definitely not into it <laughs> i don't i don't understand like i don't know i i don't really i don't really know okay it's a terrible decision <laughs> i just don't know it's a terrible yeah, I don't decision know. maybe the worst in the movie in my opinion this has no place in the movie or any star wars movie this doesn't make any sense don't don't please don't do this ever again i didn't like it I'll speak for myself, and that's all. I didn't like it. I think it was absurd. And I, I would thank you to never put something like this in another Star Wars movie ever. Thank you. Yeah, and there's there's no um there's no reason for it to happen. They actually move their initial plan onto the Star Destroyer just so they can do this. Like it's not like it's not like the writers were trapped and they're like, oh, dang, we put something on the Star Detroit Destroyer no. and we have no way to get it. Let's put horses. It's like they actually they had the thing that purpose. they had. Yeah, they had the thing that they had to take out was on the ground. Yeah. So that's why they like had horses ready for the ground. Just use them on the ground. Like then it's actually cool. Then you, you know, you land on the ground, you open it up. The fleet comes running out in horses and you're like, cool. They're using those horses from that planet. You like it if it's on the ground, but as soon as you go up into the air and ride them, it's it just doesn't make any sense because it's supposed to be it's supposed to be a problem that it's up on the star destroyer that they moved their um you know their uh whatever what is it called uh their the whatever's running the fleet like their 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 coordinates that they're supposed to follow to be able to like get out into space that was like from a beacon on the ground but they moved that to a beacon on a star destroyer. So that's supposed to be a big problem, but we don't even know why, because we don't know the plan. We right. don't know that it's supposed to be horses, so we we don't even know that that would be a problem. So, anyways, it's just yeah, it's totally dealt with it wrong. I wish it was just on the ground. Put out, put put those horses on the ground, and then I'm into it. Ooh, that makes so much more sense. So good, yeah, yeah. It would work so, so much so much better if the beacons on the ground. Yeah. They release them on the ground. Then I don't have as much of a beef with it. No, then it's actually good because you're like, oh, cool. You brought something that you found on a different planet. You made friends yeah, there and now those friends out. are helpful. Yeah. That's actually, I like that. And the beacon was on the ground. Why did they make this like little rewrite where they moved it from the ground up into the sky? I don't understand. Yeah. Well, Ray confronts the emperor. He says he never wanted her dead. He wanted her on the throne. But what he really wants, Dean is he wants Ray to kill him so he can transfer his consciousness into her body and take it over. And this is called transference. This is what Palpatine was telling Anakin about in Revenge of the Sith. It's how the Sith have learned to cheat death. They can transfer their consciousness into other bodies. So this is how the Emperor was able to transfer his consciousness into a clone body 
he had this in the works for a long time. Uh, what I read was that even back when he was trying to seduce Anakin, he was already on this planet building his army and building this clone option just in case he got defeated and he would transfer his consciousness into a clone on this planet. So this was a long running plan. This is all news to me. I didn't know any of this. I didn't understand any of this. Even though it's my third time watching the movie, I didn't understand any of this. Uh, well, I'll stop you, you there. None of this is in the movie. Okay. In your defense. <laughs> okay. I had to go so out and I... figure this all out for myself. Okay. I have one question. Are you telling me that the body that we are seeing the Emperor in, in this movie, is a cloned body? They call it more than a cloned body because Snoke was a clone. Yeah. They're saying the body that he is in is more than a clone, but less than a man. So it's okay, like a... so the bo- I always thought the body he was in was I always thought it was him. It was him that got thrown down the the pipe shaft. No, it was a it's a, it's some sort of a clone. Oh, that makes way more sense. Like a mega. <laughs> I thought it was the one. Clone. Okay, I thought it was the one that Darth Vader threw over the threw over the side, and I was like, what no, the fuck? That like, one then died. It really... Oh, but his, okay. The so the consciousness lived because yeah. the Sith know how to do that, which uh, is the whole idea behind Revenge of the Sith, where Padme dies for no reason, and I yeah. believe it's because the Emperor transferred her life energy into Darth Vader to keep him alive. That's okay. that's what they can do, and that's why I love that conversation with um, him and Anakin so much, is because yeah. he he's saying like, look. Um, he tells them the tale of of the of this, you know, Darth Plagueis, who who learned how to save the ones he loved, you know, by yeah. But this is how he does it: is you ha- you have to steal someone else's life, or yeah. you can transfer yeah. your own life. But you can't just save someone else's life that right. you just want to save. It comes at a cost. Yeah. So Anakin's like, oh, that sounds great. Like I I want you to save Padme's life, but. In that equation, the person that Palpatine loves is Anakin because he wants him to be his apprentice. So he's going to use what he knows to save the one he loves in that instance, which is Anakin. And he yeah. does it by killing Padme. Yeah. No, that's good. I uh, I didn't get that. And that makes it a lot better for me that this isn't the exact emperor's body that darth vader actually threw down that shaft because then i was like i i thought that it was the same guy and i was like man this really just like undermines darth vader this whole trilogy is just like doesn't give a shit about darth vader so it, it's it's definitely a lot better for me that it's a cloned body it's still it's still you know doesn't give him the credit i think that he needs and deserves um but it's at least a different body it's at least like he did kill the emperor he did kill sidious but then sidious had made a backup clone yes that i actually like that a lot more so i did not get that uh so thank you for clearing that up yeah um uh... The other thing with transference that I read was that it's not always like a, an immediate or easy thing to do, but your chances of transference being successful are greater if you share a hereditary connection with the new body, which cool. is another reason why he wants Ray because he, he wants to get into her body. When he says, like, strike me down and you'll become the new emperor or whatever, like, no, if, if she strikes him down his consciousness is going to take over her body. She will be dead and he will be ruling in her body. 
I mean, that shit is super cool. The movie should tell me that. I know. I, I right? like that. I know. I like that. It's really cool. He's super, like, super deceitful in this movie. You know, yeah. first, first of all, telling Kylo that he wants Kylo to be the one. That's not what he For wants. Sure, yeah. And then telling Ray, no. like, I want you to be the one on the throne. None of that's true. It's all about him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Emperor, he's using his classic technique here of showing Ray her friends being destroyed in the battle above. Um, saying that classic. if she, yeah, classic. If she just kills him, then all her friends will survive. It's just it's yeah. this great manipulation that he loves to do. It's I, I love yeah. that they added that in. For sure. I loved it. Uh Kylo shows up here and Ray uses the force dyad to get him a lightsaber so that he can fight the Knights of Ren. Unfortunately, I don't really care about the Knights of Ren because I have no idea how strong they are. Like, we, we've seen zero from them in this trilogy. If maybe I'd seen yeah. them do something, maybe this would be a cool fight. As far as I know, they're they're useless. Like, they, they can't fight at all. So, they, uh, it didn't do anything. We, we definitely needed no... more of the Knights of Ren in this trilogy. Well... You need more if you're going to bring them back like this and make them like the big fight for They're like the second ben. the second final boss and we've never seen yeah. them fight before. I've never seen them fight. I don't know what they've done. I don't know who they I are. Like I know you've do. told Yeah, like are you they they've the movies told me who they are, but not like really. That doesn't actually help me. They just have said that they're like, you know, Kylo's buddies they're Kylo's or whatever, friends. but they're Kylo's yeah. friends. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know at all. This fight has no stakes at all. There's like, I am not worried for a second. I don't know. You're exactly no, right. All. I don't know what they can do. I just feel, I feel like he can beat them all without that lightsaber. I feel yeah, like he's same. just fine. He's, he's just totally fine. Who are these guys? They just have like these costumes and these interesting weapons, but like, who cares? I don't know. I don't know what they can do. Yeah. The, the biggest issue seems like, uh, hey man, you shouldn't fight your friends. Just don't fight your friends. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing, man? You guys just get along. Don't fight, but... Why don't you try to reason with them because they seem to listen to you? Yeah, because they're because your they friends. all followed you into darkness. Try to get them to the light. Yeah, kills them all. Yeah. Well, Ray and Ren confront the Emperor, but he's too powerful for them. He senses the dyad, and he says two life forces would be enough to bring him back to full power. So he starts draining their life, and Poe basically gives up here because. Their fleet is almost destroyed when you hear Lando over the calm and see thousands of ships have come to help. Now, I don't care if you like this movie or not, but this scene had to give you goosebumps when it happened. It, it does for me every time. Lando showing up with all of these supporters, these people joining in to fight the evil was a great moment for me because they were hoping for this in the last movie. They're trying for this in the last Jedi. They, they sent a signal out to get everybody to come and help. Nobody came, but Luke. So there's no reason yeah. for us to believe that that's going to happen this time. And thousands of ships show up. I, I love this moment. Got a little bit emotional from it. Always get a little bit emotional from it. I think it's set up really well. It's a really great moment. I love that Lando leads that. I agree with you, though. That could be where he comes in the movie. We don't need the stuff yeah. from him before. I think it's even more powerful if that's the moment he shows up in. And it's just like, For sure. you know, your friends have always been with you or something. Or we're here to help. I think that would have been great. Yeah, I love it, too. 
Um, it's a great moment. Uh, I love it. Um, n- like a- after the last movie, like you said, I love it after the last movie where no one showed up. Um, and I like that everyone shows up this time, not just because, you know, it gives you all that, those feelings of like, oh yeah, they came and they didn't come before, but they came now. I like it also because like Leia is now like on her deathbed. Like she's basically dead. They have a sheet over her. Like she's, she, she is dead. She just hasn't like disappeared yet. She's dead. And now they show up. And it's like, that is how people are. Like that is life. You know, like if someone puts out a general call for help, you don't always answer it. But if someone dies and then someone's like, we need you, because this person has, you know, passed away. Everyone's coming. Everyone's showing up. That's the big event, you know? So I like that everybody showed up for this um, because they're like, yeah, you know what? I didn't help before. Leia's been huge for us. She's now died. They need our help. We're coming now. We're not afraid anymore. Um, whether it was fear before or whatever it was, they're showing up. They're in the fight right now. I, I dug it. I dug it hard. I think it's awesome. Yeah, it was. Now the Emperor is whole again. And he lets out a sick display of power as he force lightnings up into the sky and starts taking out resistance ships. Talk about unlimited power, Tim. <laughs> this was amazing. That's unlimited power. This was truly <laughs> an amazing feat of power. It's amazing. Never it's seen amazing. anything like it. It was great. No. Yeah. And uh, he was just holding that thing. He was just oh, holding man. that lightning. Like it wasn't just one burst. Man. He was holding that lightning up there. He's back. Uh, Ray is down, but not out. She hears the voices of the great Jedi encouraging her to rise in the force, and she's able to get up. She catches the Emperor's force lightning in her lightsaber, but the Emperor says he's all the Sith. Rey says she's all the Jedi. Hell yeah. Rey pulls a second lightsaber to help and repels the force lightning back into the Emperor, destroying him once and for all. Ray falls to the ground from her injuries. Kylo climbs out of the hole. The Emperor threw him down. He goes over to Ray, but she's dead. He uses the force healing that she taught him to bring her back to life. They share a kiss, and Kylo falls over dead and disappears. At the same time that we see Leia's body disappear. Do you have any comments on what that connection might have been because i don't really know but they they don't they very specifically showed us like it seemed like leia had been dead for a little bit but her body didn't pass over until kylo died oh okay so she reached out to connect with him in the fight maybe she was also like transferring her energy light whatever it was to to kylo so she was still sort of alive in him and then when he died when he disappeared she disappeared because that also that also aids to how he's making this turn it's because she's doing that final reach out she knew it would kill her but she's like reaching out to like uh, affect him affect his feelings like or affect his his uh uh, pull to the light i like that i think that makes a lot of sense yeah cool we see the sky is now raining Star Destroyers. People are rising up all over the galaxy. The Resistance return to their base, and everyone is celebrating. Chewie gets a medal. This is probably Han's medal that he got in A New Hope. Mm, That's probably why Maz gave it to him. 
It's probably Hans. Okay, now, okay. now I like it because I was yeah. like, I don't, I don't really care about this. Why does Maz have a medal? Was she supposed to show up to that ceremony and didn't? Like, no, I don't I understand. I think it's Hans' medal. Hans' medal, I like. I like that. Yeah, uh, and Poe, Finn, and Ray all embrace. We see Ray and BB-8 in the Falcon. They fly to Tatooine. Ray finds Luke's home. She wraps Luke and Leia's lightsabers in a cloth and buries them in the sand. She's made a new badass lightsaber for herself. Looks really cool. A passing traveler asks her who she is. She says, Ray. The lady says, Ray who? And she says, I'm Ray Skywalker, bitch. She does say that. <laughs> Cue the two sons of Tatooine. Cue the music. And the end. Uh, yeah, good to end on the two sons. I like the ending on the two sons. Um, Same. I know, I know the lightsaber. I know a lot of lightsabers are introduced in this movie to sell lightsabers and to like sell toys. I like them. I, I like that Leia has a lightsaber. I love that. I love that, you know, Ray gets Leia's lightsaber. I think it's cool. And then I like this lightsaber at the end. The way she turns it on, she like flicks this like, there's like this circular thing or like around the lightsaber. And she just kind of flicks it to the side and it turns on. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. yeah. That, that's awesome. How she turned that on was so cool. I don't care if you're trying to sell toys. I like it. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> It was a cool lightsaber, man. It's it was cool. It was black like Kylo's. I, I liked it. It, it didn't yeah. have the hilt, but it, it reminded me of Kylo's lightsaber. I think it was really yeah. cool. Yeah. 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 So, uh, fun. I, I like that movie. You know, yeah. we talked some shit. We talked some good stuff about it. That's kind of where it is for me. It's kind of in the middle. I think they, they made a lot of wrong choices, and they made a lot of right choices. And uh, I can easily watch that one again. Um, yeah. I think it's a really good Star Wars movie. But again, this whole sequel trilogy, I think they kind of stumbled with it. I think they were maybe too overly eager to please without really considering, you know, what the smartest decision to make is. And I think they've kind of um, they've found their footing a little bit with some of the recent shows that they've been yeah. making. I think that's that might have been the way to go. Like if you want to bring star wars to a new new generation maybe it wasn't throwing a new sequel trilogy their way maybe it was just engaging them with shows and kind of building the audience that way and telling stories that way um i like that we got these movies i think they're fun they're they're just you know not my favorite things but uh i like that it was maybe a bridge to get us um from where we were to where we are now yeah, shows are, are definitely the way to go right now to build a story before you get to a movie. Um, that would have been the way to do a lot of these things, a lot of these movies that they did. They were just slightly ahead of that time. You know, they were slightly ahead of the time where there was just so many streaming services and they were all making their own television. You know, I think at back in that time, there was Netflix was making some shows and like Amazon was making some shows, but it wasn't like... They weren't great. You know, sometimes they were great shows, but they weren't always great shows. You know, they had one or two. Uh, so I think I think now that it's a bigger thing, uh, they are fully, you know, committed to that, um, that model of setting up these shows to get you to a movie. So if a movie does come and we get another movie announced, uh, it's, it, people are going to be excited again. You know, they might not have been excited after Rise of Skywalker, but now that you've put out some great, great quality shows, great products, building stories, 
now people have something to like lead them towards wanting to go to a theater and they're going to be excited. I know I'm going to be excited whenever another, another uh, Star Wars movie is announced. Yeah. And this, this movie more than almost any of the other movies uh, has really like sparked my appetite for supplementary material. Like I think there's a lot of really, really cool gaps that I would love to see filled in for this movie in, in whatever, in comics, in shows, in whatever you can produce. Um, I, I, there's just, there's so much here that they could build on that I'd be really, really interested in. So I hope they do, you know, you know, provide some supplementary material for this movie. I'd, I'd be on board with that, but yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I like this one because uh, I like all the Star Wars movies. I mean, this one's going to be a little bit low on we the both, list. We but, both uh, like them all. We both like them all. You told me a couple of things that I have actually made me, um, you know, the, the movie sits a little better with me after knowing those things. So I like that. Um, and, uh, you know, it's definitely one I'm going to go back and revisit and watch. It's just tough for me when a movie opens with like 45 minutes I don't like um, to then win me over, you know, fully by the end. There would have to be some sort of switch. There would have to be some sort of switch in the middle where I would just like really grabs me. And it doesn't really do that. It just kind of slows down and then gets into like a nice calm, not calm, but like it slows down and gets into like a good movie. Um, So I do enjoy watching this one. It's just uh, I find myself getting a little bit frustrated with the beginning, but that'll that'll fade over time, I think, getting frustrated with the beginning once I know, you know, once I'm just like, yeah, the beginning's not that great, but once we get past that, then I'm into it. Um, so yeah, I, I like this one. All you got to do is skip to minute 46 and just start the yeah, movie basically. there. Yeah, basically. Yeah, you could, and it would be good. <laughs> it would be. Yeah. All right, Dean, let's get to our rankings. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Do you want me to go? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, and bottom, bottom to top. This is final. This is it. This is the final rankings, Tim. Bottom to top, I know, I know. Okay, let's, let's do it, Tim. Well, hold this on. is hold the final. This okay. is the final, but in the wrap-up episode, we can adjust. things things could change. Okay, this is gonna, this yeah. is going to be spoiler alert. This is my final ranking, except I'm watching two movies between now and then because there's only two movies that could switch placements. Okay, I'm, I'm yeah. going to check it. I want to know once and for all. If yeah. I've got, I think I've got the right um, ranking, but I'm going to go back. I'm going to do my due diligence and I'm going to find out for sure if I've got it correct. So my list could change a little bit, but it sounds like yours is set in stone. No, actually, I, I think I might go back and do the same thing. And it's going to be with with prequels because I just want to okay. make sure that they sit where they sit um, because it's been a long time since we watched those. So I just want to make sure that the prequels now that I've seen everything that the prequels are should be where they are. So maybe I'm going to watch I'm going to watch a few of those prequel movies. Cool. Um, um, but I was going to say I was going to say this is the final order, but I guess it's not. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> Sorry, I screwed that up for you, Dean. No, no, no. It's OK. It's all good. It's the next to final order. This is the final order. The next one will be the final, final order. Final, final order. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So this is the final order as of now might not change, but this is what, this is what I got right now. Uh, Attack of the clones at the bottom. The rise of Skywalker next. The phantom menace. Revenge of the Sith. Solo, a star Wars story. The force awakens. Rogue One, The Last Jedi, Return of the Jedi, A New Hope, The Empire Strikes Back as the best Star Wars movie of all time. Cool. The Last Jedi 
just reaches out and slaps me for how high it is in your in your rankings. That's just I'm sorry. It's it's no, it's fine. It, it's totally fine. That is just the one thing that I'm just very surprised by. Yeah, I love it. I love that movie. Okay, in last place, always and forever is Solo. Yeah. <laughs> then, the Last Jedi. Then the Force Awakens. And here is where I slide in the Rise of Skywalker. Cool. Then I've got the Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones. Then a bit low for me. I don't like to say it, but it's there. It's Return of the Jedi. I get it. Then A New Hope. Number three, I have Revenge of the Sith. Number two is Rogue One. And at number one is The Empire Strikes Back. I like cool, our man. lists. I like them. Yeah. I like everybody's list. If anybody wants to share their list with us, we would be happy to share it on our wrap-up episode. Let For us sure. let us know what you think. Uh, there are no wrong lists. That's the beauty of it. I'd be really curious if anybody matched one of our lists. I don't. I don't even think that's that'd be wild. It'd be wild. <laughs> that'd be bogus. Yeah. So many options um, for a list. Yeah. Yeah, I love I love seeing everyone's list. So if anyone does want to send those in, I would love to take a look. I love looking at uh, uh, franchise lists, especially Star Wars. Yeah. All right, everyone. If you're looking for a way to support Talking Back, there's a few ways you can do that. You can start by telling your friends about us. You can leave a review and rating on your favorite podcast app. You can send us a one-time donation of any amount at buymeacoffee.com slash talking back, or you can sign up to be a patron and gain access to exclusive episodes over at patreon.com slash talking back podcast. And now that this episode is over, do not worry. Just head on over to bfopnetwork.com and check out one of the other amazing nostalgia-based podcasts in our network. We promise you'll find something you like. Dean, thank you for joining. Thanks, Tim. It's been an absolute pleasure and blast walking through this Star Wars franchise. It sure has. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. comic books me too hi i'm john join me over at the comics underground podcast where i invite guests to discuss their favorite comic books graphic novels manga and more go to bfopnetwork.com for more info or find me on your favorite podcatcher i'll see you there